you can come in and make your own candle from scratch. As you know, you get to pick your candle tin, mm -hmm. you get to choose your scent, you get to choose your color, you get to garnish it with dried flowers. So it's literally your own little science masterpiece <laughs> that you get to take back home with you. And the best part is there's no nasty anything. So it's all plant-based. So that's nice. the part that we absolutely love. Um, God puts us in place for a reason. Sometimes we don't know. Absolutely. And then you're there to make that, that choice because right now, America is hungry for people to say something to them. Yes. During these past two years, I can't tell you the number of calls that I've gotten from people is that I didn't know. I didn't know. And maybe they had blinders on, maybe because they were so busy. Yeah. But they need to hear from us. Yes. This is an opportune time for us to say, yes, we do need assistance. We do need to work together. We can do the same things that everybody can do. Want to stay up to date with Empower 716? Don't forget to share. Click here in the right-hand corner of the video and follow button below so you can see the upcoming episodes live on your news feed. Find Empower 716 on LinkedIn Live, YouTube, Facebook, and other audio platforms. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Empower 716. I am your host, Rob Lowry. This is a show for entrepreneurs, business owners, side hustlers, career shifters, those who are committed to growing their life and business. So if you have been watching uh, Empower 716 over these last few months, uh, we are showcase highlight entrepreneurs, business owners right here in the 716 area from Niagara Falls, Lockport to Buffalo, Lackawanna and all different suburbs and uh, rural areas. Uh, so uh, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, RL Experience. And if you are watching on the replay, help us, support us, share this information because our goal is to inspire other entrepreneurs, empower each other pretty much and share resources and networking. So we bring and showcase these entrepreneur business owners to add value to not only their business, but to our community as a whole. And so I have uh, the pleasure uh, to uh, introduce uh, our guest this evening goes by the name of Suhaiti Rodriguez, New York uh, Candles. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me. In New York City, I was raised in the foster care system. So mm. my siblings and I, from when I was seven until the age of 21, when I aged out. So during that whole process, you know, there was a lot that went on, but I'm yeah. thankful because it made me who I am today. So I am fine with speaking on it. So feel free to ask any questions Absolutely. in my experience. Um, but it has made me who I am today. And I would say it definitely has helped me help others. Mm. So I'm excited about it. But now, you know, at 21, I was living out here, so that's how I ended up in Western New York for school. Shout out to Niagara University. Niagara University, Eagle. shout out. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout out. Um, I, went, I was a Purple Eagle, went there for my undergrad as well as my master's. So, and what did you get your undergrad in? Communications and sociology, so double major. Why? No idea. Cost more. It was crazy, but it's okay. So I was definitely like doing, I, I would say like floor director more than anything, but I also love to write. So I did a lot of writing hmm. pieces. So I've been published probably over 13 times that I can count right now, at least. Wow, mm -hmm. that's good. That's dope. Thank you. So 
then you went you went to get your master's degree i'm actually one semester away from finishing my mba wow i do so much better with so much more on my plate i think that's Mm. what it is but i also my last semester was march 2020 so during covid so with my program, I was in an accelerated program, so it's completely different than your standard master's program. So because I was a full-time manager working for Elegant Development downtown, yeah, I needed something that worked convenient. So it was just like, let's bang this out, let's just get it done. So it was a five-week course where you were going to the university for eight hours on a Saturday. So I was there at eight, and I didn't leave till almost five, and we had an hour break. So that was convenient for me because I was able to take the time off. But the thing is, I realized that everything that I was learning was things that I had learned in the midst of after graduating with my bachelor's to deciding to pursue my master's. It was just everything I learned in the field was everything that they were trying to teach me on the books. And it's just, I realized it seemed as though though it wasn't worth it. It is, ultimately, because on paper, it does help having a business. But it's just like, do I want to pay X amount of dollars to get that? You sound like me, yeah. But it's just, I know I will eventually finish, but as of right now where I stand in my business, it's not lucrative to me. So it's, yeah. that cost isn't effective. This area definitely isn't bad. So right. shout out to 716. I would definitely say after my 347, I'm a shout out to 716. <laughs> I, I love Western New York. And the thing with Western New York, there's many reasons why I decided to stay here. Well, besides the fact that I left twice. Okay. <laughs> so after I graduated in 2015, I ended up going back to New York City just because my grandmother had complications with her Alzheimer's, unfortunately. And they mm. told us that she only had a few months to pass. She lasted two years. So that was great. Wow, yeah. So after she had passed and I came back and then when I returned, that's when I started to pursue my business and once COVID hit, I was just like, you know what? Let me just go back to my town. If there's anywhere I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it where I have my friends, my family, my support. Not saying that I don't have friends and family in a sense here, but yeah. it's just like, you know, if I'm going to do it anywhere, I'm going to do it there. And, you know, it was tough during COVID. It's just like to be away from my entire family during those trying times, I moved there. Yeah. But I ended up coming back because I realized the amount of support that I have from strangers mm. is so much more than the support that I have from family. Not saying that my family didn't support me, yeah. but it's just the support of a stranger seeing what you've done and what you can do and what they can do for you is so much better than a friend that's like, oh, but let me get a discount. Come yeah. on. So I have a product line, which is called Pulse Point Collection. Mm-hmm. And then I have a service line, which is NY Candle Cafe, my actual brick and mortar. So Pulse Point Collection, you can shop products like my sugar scrubs, my soaps, mm-hmm. my candles, my wax melts, my room sprays, my body sprays. Similar to Bath & Body Works, minus all of the SLLs. SLS, excuse me, parabens, and of course, it's made in small batches by yours truly. In my back room, in my store. (laughs) While you have NY Candle Cafe, which is an actual brick and mortar where you could come in and you can shop 11 different women-owned small businesses, 9 out of 11 actually being minority. And you can come in and besides shopping, excuse me, you can participate in one of our DIY services, which include but aren't limited to candle making, Mm. soap making, sugar scrubs, paint and sips, and then we do different theme nights like open mic, karaoke. So there's a lot of aspects to it besides that. I do like a service, so I'm sure we'll get into that, but there's a lot to it, but um, what led me, I don't know if you asked this, but what led me into that is just I knew I always wanted to work for myself Yeah. just because being in foster care, there was a lot of stipulations that they put on you the Mm -hmm. stereotypes of 
you will never make it to college. Like only three percent of foster children make it to and through college. So wow. being a three percenter, I absolutely I sound Muslim. Um, being a three percenter, I I'm very proudful in that, and mm-hmm. I realize that you know why not continue on and get past all of these boundaries that and stipulations that they're putting on foster children or troubled children. You know, I don't mind right. being a troubled child, but put respect on money. Did you find it challenging of like, okay, I guess selling or basically showcasing what your vision was to other people and then saying, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Or did you have some challenges with that? So yes and no, in a sense, because even though the pandemic and the world has opened back up, it's still a hit or miss because every other week I feel like they're like, oh, we might shut down. But then it's like, oh, no mask, you're good. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So it's very worrisome in that sense. But when I think of Buffalo and the opportunities that they have for minority-owned businesses, for women-owned businesses, for minority women-owned businesses, which is a whole other category Mm -hmm. in itself. And then when you think about all of the things that are available to do in Buffalo, there isn't a lot to do. So it's like, if you want to go downtown, if you want to go to a bar, if you want to hang out at a friend's house, cool. But, you know, things like that get boring. So offering something Mm -hmm. different to do and a multitude of things to do at the same spot, it becomes a safe space. It's just like, oh, this is, it's dope. It's cool. There's something different to do. And it's just like consistent. So it was worrisome, but I knew in the long run, Western New York, it's it's going to come up. Yeah. And it's, Buffalo is definitely the next New York City in my eyes. Being from New York City, I know that and I can definitely say that. So I'm not concerned in that sense. I'm actually excited because I'm sure I'm going to have different creative ideas that will come into play. And one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do it in 716. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so you see you locked in to 716. Oh, yeah. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> I love it. So at NY Candle Cafe, our primary... Um, source of DIYs, I guess we can I can say, is candle making. You could come in and make your own candle from scratch. As you know, you get to pick your candle tin, mm-hmm. you get to choose your scent, you get to choose your color, you get to garnish it with dried flowers. So it's literally your own little science masterpiece <laughs> that you get to take back home with you. And the best part is there's no nasty anything. So it's all plant-based. So that's nice. the part that we absolutely love. Because although even if you're only going to come one time, at least we can teach you, like, one, you could go home and make this yourself. At a lesser cost than what you're going to go out and purchase one that's actually endangering to not only yourself, but the environment, your pet, your dog, your yeah. niece, your nephew. So it's just like, why not? And it's something to do. So I didn't know there was a difference between plant based. Like, I'm like mm-hmm. so ignorant to that. So I'm like, oh, I'll just pick up a candle and thank you. <laughs> but now, like, understanding the difference. So I think that's important. So I do want to talk about this. Like, how do you, because um, I'm assuming that. You probably service more female clients or customers. Um, how do you make, you know, I guess uh, your niche to guys, you know, how, how do you reach out to them or get them included? In- well, we usually offer different date night opportunities yeah. for men and women. And it's although it is a niche market for women per mm-hmm. se, there are a lot of men that I found that like candles. They mm-hmm. might not want to come in and make a candle, but yeah. they'll definitely shop candles. And because it's a NY Candle Cafe, I actually have other candle makers in there besides myself. I I didn't think it was fair to call myself the Candle Cafe and be the only candle maker because realistically, my candles aren't the only candles in the world. My candles aren't the best in the world, and some people right. might like someone else's scent versus mine. So, like, I have um, Cottage Bloom Co. in there. I have Anna's Candles in there, and I have Golden Fly Candles in there, mm. which is crazy enough. I love Golden Fly's candles. Better than I love mine. Like, I will sell the heck out of hers before I even look at mine. That's dope. So one of my close friends, um, her name is 
Mickey Moscato. She's actually well known in mm-hmm. the Western New York area. She owns a store as well called Uni Dolls Boutique, located at 19 East Utica, and she does the idea of consignment. So that it's act, it's an actual industry thing. Mm-hmm. So I actually adapted the idea from her finding separate women-owned small businesses to house in my store. So now we consider ourselves sister stores. And wow. every, every month we have meetings with each other and we do little women networking sessions between each other and welcome wow, other dope. women-owned small businesses who aren't necessarily housed in our stores, but as a way of networking because we're all small businesses. Whether yeah. we started a week ago or we started 10 years ago, there's still things that one person knows that the next person might. So it's basically washing each other's hands. Mm. And obviously Mickey and I have to endure the the cost of the actual house, you know, it it only makes sense to share the cost. And, you know, I know some girls that are paying as low as $25 a month, and that's nothing when you can make up to $1,000 in just selling your own products in the store. So it's it's really one hand washes the other ordeal. I love that concept. Mm -hmm. I love that. One thing I learned when being in foster care is not everyone is going to help you. And it's very difficult trying to get to where you are when you don't have help. And once you make it to the end, you know, you do have that gratitude. Like, wow, I did it. But it's just like, do you have to do it alone? So I realized whatever I do in life, one thing I'm going to make sure I do is offer some sort of community service. So since I've been open each month, I've done at least one community service Mm. aspect. And I'm trying to increase that to two, which is why I offered it to the yeah. that you um that you came with because it's just like if one thing i learned is god has really guided me yeah. and if it wasn't for him and probably a bunch of knucklehead stuff that i've done <laughs> it's just like one thing i'm gonna do is i'm gonna give back because i know half of the things that i've had it it wasn't by my head so mm-hmm. i have to be able to give it back in the way that i know and that's only in community service so my first event was actually um, gingerbread house making with Santa. And, of course, it was a black Santa because representation Absolutely, matters. Absolutely, yeah. I've done other events like podcast event where I donated my space to an organization called Fostering Greatness, Inc., with, Inc. which um, devotes itself to helping foster youth alumni wow. aging out of care to either find um, a job, find a home, shoot, you need some clothes, mm-hmm. you need help transportation. Like I know the owner and the founder – Leah Daniels, I've known situation that she would literally up out her bed in the middle of the night, taking her own personal van to go help these children. And it's wow. things like this that I absolutely love. So I'm looking to collaborate with her much more often. And it's Foster Care Awareness Month. Foster Care Awareness yes, Month. Yes, please make sure to follow Foster Greatness, Inc. Um, but besides that, I actually did painting with the Easter Bunny on Easter, which was my I've birthday. i seen that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the mayor came out, so that was pretty dope. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. You know, some people talk about what they're going to do, but I see you out there just <laughs> active and, and just saying, you know, locked in what you're doing, but then still can have fun. So how do you, how do you balance that in, in the personal life and everything else? Honestly, it's easier for me um, because I have a passion in it. So like all my yeah. time is dedicated to it because it's just like, if I'm not doing anything to better myself, what am I doing? Right. And in the same sense, my close friend, Megan Moscato, she owns her own business. So with conversations like ours are usually like, one end, you know, our little guy. <laughs> but then, of course, we have our conversations of business. So it's just like, you know, your regular conversation that you might have with your brother, your sister, your friend, you yeah. know, our regular conversations is just like, so what can we do next? And besides that, we have another close friend, Dominique Johnson, who mm-hmm. is actually her grand opening should be coming soon. She owns a not-for-profit for, um, for the culture. It's called Coaching for the Culture, mm. which is basically wellness for, obviously, our community because, obviously, we don't, 
think about therapy and things of that nature but right. she is a um, licensed coach and she does beauty that moves and we have like just girls nights and our girls nights are just like so what grant how who what connection because best self who sharing those grant? resources yeah. yeah it's just it's just like networking all the time you mm. think you know you always got the the gossip girls I guess we're the, the business girls. <laughs> all of our conversations is like, so who you, you applied where to do what? Okay, let me make sure. And we hold each other accountable. So I can't say that, I can't give myself credit and say, you know, I'm on it 100% because yeah. my friends are on me as much as I'm on them. So I'm very thankful. What advice would you give to inspiring entrepreneurs or business owners that are trying to jump into knowing that they have this creation, they want to solve a problem, they have the solution for it? Uh, what advice would you give them? One thing I would say, if you're doing it and you're not scared, hmm. then it might be wrong. If you're scared... Go for it. Yeah. Run for it. Because one thing I can say, I literally quit my corporate job making X amount salary working for a very great company here. Everyone knows. I worked at 500 Pearl. Mm -hmm. I was the assistant general manager of that property and I was only 25 years old. Wow. And doing that, making guaranteed money. You know, no questions asked. Yeah. My rent will be paid. I will eat. I know how. I'll Consistent have income coming. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I can say is leaving that job to work for myself, I was scared as mm. words that can't be said. Right. But if you're scared, you're doing something right and push through. And even if um, it doesn't work out the first time, it's okay. Because how would you know what it feels like to succeed if you don't fail? Yeah. I've been in business for four years and the amount of candles that have burnt, that shouldn't burn the way it did. Um, I'm pretty sure I still owe one of my friends a new rug because it burnt through her rug. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's trial and error and you're not going to get it right the first time. You might not get it right the second time, but it's okay. When you do, ooh, keep mm. going, keep pushing through. Trust me, one thing you want to do, and it, it doesn't hurt to try. What You can't, Knock yourself for trying. Yeah. yeah. But you helping other businesses in there and just as we were walking in your shop, you just you promoted those other businesses like it was your own. And and that's important. And I think that just shows your character of like lifting other people up and showcasing them and giving other people opportunities. Um, and I think that's just wonderful. And I always believe in you reap what you sow too. And I think when you uh, when you put out good things, it comes back to you. And it just is great to see you whenever I see you on the news because it's very often um, <laughs> all over the place. I was like, she got some good marketing uh, over there <laughs> all day, all day. I I probably DM'd every single. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, Lauren was the only one that. Picked it up, picked up the story, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. But you got to be like, you got, you got to be out Resistance. there. You got to keep going. Yeah, Your yeah. first no, okay, gotcha. But I'm gonna keep going at it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that the fact that seeing, seeing you all over the place because it just shows evidence that you know you, you got to be out there, and people will buy into eventually, and mm -hmm. um, more and more people know about it by word of mouth because when I, when I love. The individuals like, oh, that was a great experience. I want to bring, you know, bring my family out to yeah, do this, yeah. and I think that's how we help each other out and just, you know, bring it and support each other. So it's really dope. So where can people find find you if they want to, you know, come to New York Candle? So NY Candle Cafe is located at twenty three seventeen Main Street, just down the street from uh, Canisius. 
College, as well as down the street from Sisters Hospital. So we're on opposite ends. And, you know, most people know Signature Cuts. I'm right across the street Cut. from Signature Cuts. Yes. So if you're getting a haircut, <laughs> tell your girlfriend or your wife or your sister or your mother, come on down to Candle Cafe while you get a haircut. We'll hold them down when you get your haircut. Well, thanks for, for joining us on Empower 716. Like I said, just uh, continue doing what you're doing. I'm really, like I said, it's it's just a dope business. And, and I love the fact, like, your your energy is is there. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing it, sharing it, showcasing other people, so lifting us up. Yes. So make sure you support her um, and what she's doing, and uh, you know, go go make some candles. Um, if I can do it, definitely can handle it as well. About six twenty-four now on daybreak, and we're celebrating the women of Western New York. March marks the start of International Women's Month, and what better way to start? and showcasing women around the region. Yeah, Women's History Month Day Breaks. Lauren Hall is live with the latest from a women-owned business here in Buffalo. Hey there, Lauren, what's going on? Hey, hey, good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Kevin. If you want to spend the rest of Women's History Month supporting small women business owners here in Buffalo, you can support 10 of them all under one roof. We are at the new New York Candle Cafe. It's right on Main Street, right by Sisters Hospital. And you can come in and there's a bar here and it looks like a bar or a cafe. And this is Suhadi Rodriguez. She is your barista or bartender, but she will also walk you through how to make your own candle. That's just part of the business, but we did it about an hour ago and this is where I stand right now. So you do classes, Suhadi, one-on-one sessions? Correct. So we do candle making, we do paint and sips, we do open mics. So there's so much to do here in the store besides shopping the 10 owned uh, businesses that are here. We have flowers for an exclusive flower co. We have two other candle makers here, Cottage um, Cottage. Boom Co. and Golden Flag Candles. So feel free to stop in. It's a perfect location to be able to one-stop shop, purchase a gift for anyone you might want. And when you were opening your candle cafe to teach people how to make their own candles, why did you also want it to be a hub for other women business owners in Buffalo? Well, it just makes sense. You know, growing up in a community where I grew up in foster care, I always learned that one hand washes the other. So knowing other small businesses, I was just like, why not? And the idea I actually adapted from my business partner, Tamara Pierce, who owns Uni Dolls Boutique. And we have one of your other uh, business owners here right now. We have Jewel Easton. She is from Butterfly Creations. Hey, Jewel, tell us a little bit about what you have on the shelves here at the Candle Cafe. Okay, so here we have um, a, like, open concept Easter basket, which has like an exclusive flower and a golden flag candle flower, candle on it as well. This is a Bill's budget book. Um, anybody can needs to budget, right? Um, so a Bill's custom hat box. Um, and we just have a tons of different custom design things that you can make, um, that we can make for you. And you make it all by hand yourself, yes. which you were doing from your home until you had this home for your business. Yes, so um, everything was, is custom made in my room at the moment. Um, but I bring it here and I have my customers come here. They can do pickup here. Um, and I can have meetings here and everything that I need to do, I can do here. <laughs> there's a lot going on. It will be going on all this month for Women's History Month here at the New York Candle Cafe. We have all the details how to sign up for one of those candle making classes or learn about one of the other 10 other women owned businesses linked with this story on our website right now, WGRZ.com. For now, I'm Lauren Hall reporting live. Melissa and Kevin will send it back to you. Every guest has enlightened me in some shape or form, and I am truly honored to have uh, on this show, uh, Mr. Herb Bellamy Jr. is here today in person. Man, how are you, man? Good, 
good, Rob. Pleasure to be here with you in person. I know it's, it's been quite. I think it's probably two, probably about two, three years almost. Yeah, yeah since we sat two, down. Three yeah, years, yes, since we had breakfast at Maddie's. Yes, at Maddie's. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, that's been a while ago. So, uh, so how how's everything with you? First, or just in general, how how are you? Things are well. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's interesting that as you talk about entrepreneurship and and empowering people, um, mm-hmm. uh, what a better season than this season that we just came through. How people had to learn how to empower yeah. themselves and and do things differently and have to adapt. So, it's been a very interesting time, but. Uh, it's, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. I would say from pretty much every guest has been on the show, they they share that although there were a lot of tragedies, we lost a lot of people mm-hmm. um, during this pandemic, but a lot of people had an opportunity to do some reflection mm-hmm. and, and kind of like really kind of dive into what their focus, their passion is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people started businesses mm-hmm. um changed careers and so forth and so to hear so many people starting a a, a business during this particular situation is, is just is inspiring and so we, we're really going to get into your story because you've you, you've been busy mm-hmm. during this pandemic as well um but for those who don't know uh her bellamy jr mm-hmm. tell us uh how who 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 you are like, how do you define yourself when someone asks you? Wow. Her uh, <laughs> I define myself as probably a, a diversified type of person. I, yeah. I've worked in so many different entities. Uh, from a child, uh, I've been always part of entrepreneurship because our family always owned businesses, whether it was a grocery store, a liquor store, or then as I grew older, I had an insurance agency, and my wife and I had a, hair, a couple of hair salons, and so I've always been part of business and understanding mm-hmm. business and each business that I've been in learned I learned something to take me to the next level or something else. So they all been life learning tools through the whole process. My family, uh, I, I have uh, six siblings and uh, wow. so we grew up uh, uh, a middle class type of family and mm-hmm. my father uh, was a former councilman at large and a civic person and a business person. So again, we grew up, um, you know, in business and in church. Uh, yeah. My my mother was a musician and my sisters were singers and musicians <laughs> and we all sang and those type of things. So between church and business, uh, that was our lives and of wow. course school and things of that nature. So. Uh, that's probably would be the the background from where we started. You know, I started when Humble Parkway was Humble Parkway before <laughs> they tore it tore it up so other people can get in and out quickly. And, yeah. And uh, so I've seen the gentrification. I've you know I've seen and witnessed so many things over my life. Now that you know I've had a chance to reflect. And you have some. Uh some foundation and uh, insurance and mm-hmm. financial planning. Talk a little bit about some of your, your education background. Well, and well interesting in, in, in insurance, uh, be, you know, with the liquor business that we had, mm-hmm. I, I saw that we were paying a lot of money to the insurance company. <laughs> so I, I started asking questions yeah. about the insurance business. And, and then I found out how interesting it was. So I uh, eventually went to school and then went and got my license uh, for selling property and casualty insurance and life insurance and 
and uh, mutual funds, my Series 6 and 63 license. I worked with uh, Nationwide Insurance Company. I was like one of two blacks to uh, have um, an agency in New York State. Uh, then I worked with an, another company called New York Central Mutual. I was the only black, first black they ever had in the state. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I learned a lot in the insurance business that was really life, life lessons that I, I wish I knew early on. You know, just understanding more about money, how to yeah. invest, how, uh, how interest rates work, how mortgages work. So many things that uh, we all should learn right. to, uh, to 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 utilize it for the best of our abilities, no matter what we're doing. Mm. You know, even the small thing, like I think when I first bought my house, interest rates were maybe like 11 percent. And then I refinanced it to like maybe 6 yep. percent and saved so much money. It's it just little things, things you like gotta that. Learn. Yeah. And, uh, and the mutual funds, how people were making money in stocks and bonds and how if you put so much money aside. So... It was it was it was very fascinating. Yeah. It looks like I mean it's very a complex industry where you kind of I hear people a lot from that that field that you you learn because there's so many things that you gotta know and navigate. Which obviously you're dealing with people and changes and in, yeah. in the finance piece of it. I think the unfortunate part of the financial part, uh, we're in many cases first generation blacks that's getting wealth. Yeah. So we're accumulating wealth and not knowing what we're actually doing. Yeah, and uh, in my case, I had to educate people versus just sell to people. So mm. that wasn't always good because, you know, you're spending your time trying to convince somebody that they need to uh, have insurance. Yeah, and this is how um, wealth is built in generations and mm-hmm. generational wealth, whether it's you know through a, a home or through life insurance. Mm. You know, people get wealthy from somebody dying. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> Kind of give some historical context of maybe the purpose of the Buffalo Black Achievers. Sure. Um, my father, as I was telling you, he was a civic man and a businessman. He was doing a lot of things for people, and and the community wanted to give him a testimonial dinner. So they gave him a testimonial dinner um, 51 years ago, and he was so elated that uh, someone would give him an award, and he felt that others should be awarded uh, for the works that they do. Mm. You know, the people who are not getting recognized for what they're doing back in the, you know, in the 60s, you know. So he felt that this would be something good for our community to, to you know, showcase African Americans in a different light. Yeah. And also to give them a platform and opportunity to say thank you to for, you know, people. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be the politician, the, the doctor or lawyer. It could be the guy who's just working that job at Chevy mm-hmm. every day, coming in on time and making things happen. So wow. that's how it was uh, started. And it was started also to be a fundraiser for 1490 Enterprises, which uh, my father found it was a community center to help the people in the community to bring resources to the community so they wouldn't have to necessarily go downtown and other places. Wow. So talk about um, continuing your father's legacy. Now, for some that could be a lot of a heavy shoe to lift you know mm-hmm. to feel um did you feel it was important for you to carry that legacy you know i it's it's interesting people some sometimes about sometimes talk about filling shoes and yeah. they, i never felt that i yeah. i mean he was my friend my buddy 
one of those type of deals. Yeah. So it wasn't like, although he's my father, it wasn't like I was never trying to fill his shoes because he yeah. had some huge shoes to fill. Right. And I know that was a, a, a recipe for disaster. Right. I saw the importance of it, what it meant to the community, to uh, the city of Buffalo, and how it should continue. Uh, and so we continued, along with my family members, too. My sisters work closely with me together, so mm-hmm. it is still a family affair. And my, my direct family, too, my wife and kids as well. Wow. So now you're, you're, you're embarking the 50th anniversary of Buffalo Black Achievers. Yes, yes. How does that feel? It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been, I've been, I've been uh, waiting for this moment yeah. for years. And then this two-year layoff, <laughs> because in the Black Achievers, you know, I have to p- prepare a year in advance in most cases yeah. or, or more. So for the 50th, I was like, okay, I started planning two, three years ahead of time, really five years ahead of time. Yeah. And then you find out you can't do what you thought you were going to do. Right. You know, so, um, but every year I found a way. Yeah. And we find a way, and it's somehow it's going to happen. Each year breathes a life of its own. And so I just know that it's going to be successful. We're we going to have some hiccups, but you won't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll continue to, to do what we do and, and, and showcase, uh, you know, Black Achievement. We just recently sent out some letters for people to, you know, sponsor because that's what we do every year. You know, I'm halfway there yet already, and yeah. I, I barely started. That's that's and that's just a blessing that, that God has provided us to continue the growth of black achievers, to continue the importance of what it means. Uh, many companies now understand more about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's one of those seasons that it just continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the the other things within Buffalo Black Achievers that you're doing. I know that you got the scholarship for mm-hmm. our young, our high school students. Talk a little bit about what that is. Well, the scholarships was, was um, we give out scholarships every year to high school students throughout the city. Um, uh, we invite two schools to the Black Achievers Awards Center, mm-hmm. and then we invite those two schools to apply for the application for scholarships. And each year is different. Sometimes we give out, um, you know, to five and six. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's two and three because we found out we had to do more to make people apply. Yeah. It's interesting. We had money sitting there waiting <laughs> for it, but they don't even apply. So we had to, again, reinvent ourselves as well. But right. we've given probably about, uh, I think, somewhere in the 30,000 in scholarships over the last wow. 15, 16 years. That's great. And uh, this year we plan to give uh, at least one student from each high school, all 14 high schools, a scholarship. Wow. Yes. That is awesome. And then, and then also in Chicktawaga and Sweet Home as well because we, we do that as well. Yeah. That's great. So that's uh, that's a whole other level of the, the scholarships and working with the kids. We, we launched this uh, Black Achievers Youth Academy. Mm-hmm which we just started in February, and we're taking uh, high schoolers through through the academy, teaching them about black achievement, teaching them about life skills, teaching them about accounting, how to do a resume, how to be prepared for, uh, you know, different adversities. It's interesting uh, that, uh, and I'll just share this with you, with the students right now, 
they said people have changed in the schools because of the racial tensions, and I didn't realize how bad it was. They're like, I don't even want to speak to some <laughs> of my, my peers. Yeah. You know, because some of the kids that we have, they go to schools in the suburbs where it's, you know, majority white, yeah. and they've had lots of challenges. So so we try to even, even talk about that, succeeding mm. over challenges. You're going to have adversities, but how do you handle it is wow. what's important. One of the things that I've realized, and more people realize, we're not exposed. We don't know what career opportunities are out there. Yeah. When I went to high school, I had no guidance from my guidance counselor. It was horrible. Yeah. And I went to a nice, I went to Bennett High School. And then I would see my guidance counselor out in cocktail parties. And I'd always, I'm so proud of my student, but she gave me no help. Mm. So I've always felt that we need to give them better guidance and give them more, um, more options. Yeah, you absolutely. know, there's there's so many careers. Absolutely. I mean, with every industry has maybe you know a hundred careers. You know, you you take a bank. We were talking about bank. Yeah, banks got so many careers within the banking system. It's just not banking. You know, so we wanted to expose them to different careers and then also partner with some of the achievers so mm -hmm. the achievers can be mentors in case they want to be uh, that particular field. I Just like that. this week, we yeah. have uh, a couple, one person wants, wanted to be a lawyer, so I'm bringing a lawyer past achiever. Wow. And another person wanted to be a banker, which I was talking about Darnell yep. Haywood. He wants to know about banking, so I'm bringing banking in. Wow. So if we can partner with this network of achievers, of accomplished people, you know, what better, you know. Wow. It's really just, cha yeah, changing that trajectory of yes, our, our, yes, our yes. young people. That's really amazing. Absolutely. As you mentioned before, the, the kids would tell me, I can't be what I can't see. Yeah. So, but what's important about black achievers, you got people now that their grandmother was an achiever. Their uncle was an achiever. Yeah. So they've seen the impact in their families. And some yeah. people are coming back, even the achievers that received the awards, they're like, Oh man, I couldn't wait to get this. I remember <laughs> when my aunt got it, and it was this and that. And it's just so I'm hearing generation story, generational stories. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what uh, Bellamy Enterprises is all about. Okay, Bellamy Enterprises was about us doing more development. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I actually my father and I we started years ago doing some things, and and first we built the uh, 1490 estates, which is 60 apartments for seniors. Wow. And um, but and then in the meantime, we had several businesses that we branched off and did. Like I did insurance business. I did the um, the hair salon business. I did some other development for some other companies. Mm. Uh, and then we built Bellamy Commons, which was uh, old 1490 Enterprises. Now is 30 apartments, and the museum is in that building, which is the former 1490 Community Center. We also work with People Inc. to do some apartments up the street on Jefferson, and we work with Northwest Bank to um, to build the bank on Jefferson Avenue. Uh, one of the great things, and mm. it's great sets about Bellamy Commons when we built that, we had um, over 100 people on a waiting list before we opened. Wow. So they saw the success of and saw the need that was mm. there, so they asked us to help to uh, 
to do those other buildings. And similar to your own pastor, uh, Pridgen, yeah. you know, when he built upon success, other people say, oh, well, you know, they did it there. So yeah. now Bellamy Commons can become something because of Pastor Pridgen and his works. Yeah. Oh, it's vital. I mean, yeah. I'm uh, in a position where I can ask the majority uh, community to work with us. Yeah. We have some success, successful patterns. Yeah. I mean, we have tops there. We have 80 apartments with People Inc. We have, I've got 100 apartments. There's God City has apartments on Jefferson Avenue. Mm-hmm. Let's build upon this legendary street with the the uh, libraries there. You got yeah. several businesses on uh, Jefferson Avenue. Got the Wiley Stadium. And, uh, you know, the whole purpose of even 1490 when it was there is to be able to stay in your own neighborhood and get the same goods and services that other companies, communities yeah. have per se. So I want to talk a, a, a little bit more about your your community involvement, because even I would think you have your hands full with Bellamy Enterprises, mm-hmm. Buffalo Black Achievers, but uh, you, you're heavily involved in the community and in different organizations. So talk about why that's important. Well, I, I, I'm a board member with Community Services for Everyone, and mm-hmm. they work with disabled uh, people, you know, mm-hmm. first it was community service for the developmentally disabled. And I got involved with them because of uh, we had some disabled people in our family who couldn't do some of the things, the normal things. So yeah. this is an agency geared to work with people who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. So in, in actuality, with Bellamy Enterprises, you were talking about before I, I was a board member, I sold some property across the street from Bellamy Commons and they built a training center for wow. development people so now they can train to be a chef they can train to wash cars that's, they got all types nice. of training right across the street right in the heart of the city in buffalo new york and that was because of our relationship i'm on the um pierce arrow museum board which is uh has vintage cars downtown and we got some amazing cars down nice there place, I mean, very yes. historical uh, i got to learn a lot working with um jim sandoro because of his museum you know, I have to understand how to open a museum as well. So yeah. you learn from that. I work with Willie Hutch-Jones, who does amazing work with uh, students and his educational work and sports. How do you balance the the family life, the business, the community involvement, and so forth? Uh, that's a difficult job. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, because you're, it's a constant balancing act. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, maybe the first few hours of the day is Bellamy Enterprise, and the next few hours is um, Black Achievers. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you, you try to maximize your day and the things that you want to get done. Yeah. And and then, of course, it's family, you know, so you still have to have those times, and, and that's probably the most difficult part. What advice or, you know, or what do you tell young people who may be in a different circumstance that is trying to grow through those adversities and still have hope, dream, and all that stuff? I think you have to find that success story and use mm-hmm. that as an example on the road, the map that you want to get to. Yeah. You know, everybody's map is different. Absolutely. And I've seen people who have 
come from successful families fail, and yeah. I've seen people who've come from the failing families succeed. Yeah. So there is no one magic thing that can happen because yeah. that's how life is. My my grandfather was a sharecropper. Mm. So, you know, so our lives was totally changed. He didn't come from wealth or anything right. like that. So I you have to find what's your passion. If you find your passion, then you they say you'll never work a day in your life. Absolutely. So you, you, you look for that passion. That's part of the Black Achievers Youth Academy and, and try to even show other opportunities. Yeah. Because had not I worked in a store, maybe I would have never saw the insurance industry. Right. You know, and there's so many different industries that I had no clue of. And, mm. and I was, um, per se, um, I was exposed. Mm. So I was already exposed to see a lot of things. So imagine people who are not exposed. Yeah. So I think that's probably why I'm doing this, to just keep exposing them to other career opportunities. And, and no, you may not be this or that, but you may be an artist. Yeah. You may be able to design shirts. And, and, and you know what's good about now versus when I was young? What's that? You can sell on the Internet and they don't know the color of your skin. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, you know, I was black and they knew you were black. You right. High in our color, <laughs> but when you can sell it on the web and sell the internet and sell it, nobody knows what color skin you are. Yeah. And people are making millions of dollars. I mean, when I was selling insurance, you they knew who I was. <laughs> but now you can go online and do it. <laughs> put a little codes in there, or put your yeah, age, name, and your insurance. Yeah, as long as you got a product <laughs> and somebody's willing to buy it, you got a worldwide market. Yeah, how can you not? Succeed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no excuse for it, you know. And I never felt that I had excuse because, like I said, my grandfather was a sharecropper. Mm. So stuff that my father did, I'm like, I'm going to do something. Right. You know, I'm gonna figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm still figuring stuff out. You know, wow. and that's that's part of the evolvement of people. You know, yeah. we we still try to figure things out. I would probably be more disciplined. Yeah. And, and funny, probably saying more no's mm. and being more focused on uh, the task that's ahead of me. Yeah. Sometimes we can be distracted by others and trying to do too much. Yeah. Uh, so probably I would do that. Uh, I think if we all had second chances, uh, we would make different choices. Yeah. But it, it says lessons learned, though. Absolutely. So you can't look at it that way. Had I learned so many lessons along the way <laughs> that had I not had the things that happened, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'm still learning. Yeah. Many people see you today. And when I hear the word entrepreneur and a lot of people may think or perceive entrepreneurs as like this, you can just do whatever you want to do. I got an easy schedule, make my own hours, all that good stuff. And a lot of times not see some of the things that you really have to do to make things work. What do you think is like the big misconception of like being an entrepreneur or business owner? I, I can just say that you have to have preparation. Yeah. You have to work hard. You have to work smart. You have to have the right resources around you, uh, the right influences around you and, and surround yourself around people smarter than you. I guess for me, I always competed against myself. So yeah. I can't really say what people are doing wrong yeah. or or right because I don't know who they owe because mm. we see certain things like that, but it may look successful, but they could be under the water right now. They're very under yeah. the water. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. 
but uh, I, I think just having the right accountant, the mm-hmm. right the right lawyer, the right person can write a business plan, the right insurance person, just making sure you have those right resources around you because sometimes if you grow too fast, you're not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And I always feel when you're doing business or anything, you're only one relationship away. Yeah. And you never know where that relationship is going to take you. And some of them can take you so far that's so unimaginable. Yeah. So you have to still be prepared for the opportunity that, that awaits you. Well, uh, thank you again for having me on your show. I, I, I really love it. I, I love the way you uplift people, you know, and that's part of what Black Achievers do is yeah. uplifting people and letting them see uh, a different direction or a different perspective. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's Black Achievers is October 8th. We're going to have a big event. We're going to have two or three nights of events where we're going to be at the powerhouse, which is a a new facility uh, not too far from downtown Buffalo and it holds 3000 people. So we're going to try to do as much as we can and please visit our website, buffaloblackachievers.org buffaloblackachievers.org but I think what's most important that we continue to say and I was looking at Judge Carter who's a great friend of mine my my brother he he always talks about each one should teach one absolutely so each one should teach one as I learn from you you learn from me and uh, and we continue and when you were saying sometimes you be that only voice there um, God puts us in place for a reason. Sometimes we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're there to make that that choice because right now, America is hungry for people to say something to them. Yes. During these past two years, I can't tell you the number of calls that I've gotten from people is I didn't know, I didn't know, and maybe they had blinders on, maybe because they were so busy. Yeah. But they need to hear from us. Yes. This is an opportune time for us to say yes. We do need assistance. We do need to work together. We can do the same things that everybody can do. Yes. We just need an opportunity, as uh, James Brown used to say. <laughs> uh, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. <laughs> open up the door. I open get it myself. Yes. So we need to continue to open up those doors where we can and have other people open doors for us as well. Wow. Well, that is uh, wraps up another uh, episode of Empower 716. If you're watching us on replay, uh, make sure um, you hit the like button, hit the share button. If you're listening on the audio podcast, uh, make sure you just uh, support us as well. Um, really getting the message out to other entrepreneurs or business owners, uh, whether you're in the business or thinking about being in the business. Uh, so this is all about empowering each other. So thanks for listening to this episode and we'll see you next week. Oh,